Okay, before we get started with today's episode, have you heard the awesome news? Llama Life now has an iOS app so you can take it with you wherever you go. I have been using Llama Life consistently on my computer for a year now. A year! That's unprecedented. That's like a lifetime in ADHD terms. And now with the new iOS app, I'm able to seamlessly transition between my computer and my iPhone so that my favorite little productivity coach is with me whenever I need it. So what is so special about Llama Life? Well, for starters, it's not a fancy new calendar or planner or complicated productivity management system. It's a time-boxing, single-tasking program that easily integrates with your already existing organizational systems. If you're like me and you struggle with time blindness or maintaining focus throughout your day, then this is the app for you. I love Llama Life because it's simple, effective, and beautifully designed. And dare I say, it makes even the most mundane chore more fun and colorful. If you want to check out the iOS app for yourself, head to the App Store for a free trial and start enjoying that Llama Life for yourself. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In my previous previous businesses we wouldn't get any emails or we'd get very few and there'd be more support emails like oh this is not working whereas with llama life we get people just emailing to say oh my gosh i've been looking for a product like this like oh you you changed my life like and i'm not exaggerating we get emails from people saying you've actually changed my life i actually managed to get my work done today Hello and welcome to the Women and ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Katie Weber. I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45, and it completely turned my world upside down. I've been looking back at so much of my life, school, jobs, my relationships, all of it with this new lens, and it has been nothing short of overwhelming. I quickly discovered I was not the only woman to have this experience, and now I interview other women who, like me, discovered in adulthood they have ADHD and are finally feeling like they understand who they are and how to best lean into their strengths, both professionally and personally. I'd like to share with you this review from a listener named Soph Flix on the Apple Podcast platform. It's entitled Feeling Seen. Thank you so much for the work you're doing, Katie. I'm not diagnosed yet, and I'm 44 and struggled with depression and anxiety, but I can tell something is missing. Listening to your podcast makes me feel so seen. As I listened, I kept saying to myself, yes, that's it. That's what I'm getting at. Thank you. Without your voice and honesty, I'd be lost. Oh, well, thank you, Soph. I think many of us felt this way for a long time. Many, many years of depression and anxiety, but always feeling like something was missing. That's why this diagnosis can be such a lifesaver in so many ways. So I'm glad these conversations have been helping you connect the dots in your own life. If you're a listener of this podcast and you've been helped by these conversations, a lovely way to say thank you is to take a moment to leave a review. And if that feels like too much, and I totally get it, why don't you just pause and quickly hit the five stars? You could just do it right now. I don't mind. I promise we'll wait for you. Okay, here we are at episode 129, in which I interview Marie Eng. Marie lives in Melbourne, and she is the founder of Llama Life, a desktop productivity app that helps you work through your to-do list and not just make never-ending ones. Marie was diagnosed with ADHD over a decade ago, and ever since then has been on a mission to figure out ways to help herself get things done. And when she couldn't find a tool that worked for her brain, she decided to teach herself how to code by watching YouTube videos. Llama Life is the first app she designed and developed by herself from scratch. Marie and I talk about her diagnosis story and some of the common struggles many of us have regulating focus and attention, especially when it comes to tasks that aren't necessarily interesting for our brains. And we also talk about time boxing and how and why it is such a helpful tool for our kind of brains. And then I basically spend a lot of time simply gushing over llama life because I've been using it for a while now and I have just been blown away by how productive I am when I use llama life. So after you listen to this interview, if you're curious about it, make sure to go check it out. There's a link in the show notes. All right, here is my conversation with Marie. Enjoy. Hi, Marie. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. 
Uh, so you're in Melbourne right now? I am. Yep. Melbourne, Australia. So it's a bit of a bit of a time difference, I think, based on where you are. <laughs> well, I know that you had mentioned that you had lived in London and New York too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of lived, yeah, London and New York, my big ones. I was actually born born in Malaysia as well. So I've kind of been all over the place, <laughs> but I think that's what keeps it exciting. You know, just a new environment, new challenge, that kind of thing. Oh, I know, right? That's how I ended up in New York. I just impulsively, like, just dropped everything and moved from Toronto. And that was 20 some odd years ago. And yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me. I, I'm, so I grew up in Melbourne. And then, you know, I was kind of feeling like I wasn't really moving forward and a little bit restless and a little bit stuck in terms of career. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and on a whim, I just moved to London I didn't know anyone there. I just went there. And I think that was probably the best decision I ever made because it was something that just threw me in the deep end, gave me this kickstart, made me kind of just swim on my own. And the same thing happened with New York. I didn't know anyone there. And just one day I was like, you know what? I'd really love to go live in New York. I'd gone there for a vacation. And I was like, yeah, I think I could, I could really see myself here. And I just yeah, very quickly was like, let's go to New York. And both of those things were just amazing for me. Just grew. I just grew from those experiences. I know, right? I really miss that about my 20s. I was so untethered in my 20s. And I think it really like, it, it helped me with just purging a lot of things, you know, like I just had a very minimalist lifestyle back then. And then I had kids and it all fell apart. But <laughs> that's another podcast. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so how long ago were you diagnosed with ADHD? It was your early 30s, right? So how long ago was that? And like, what was going on in your life that made you put some of the put two and two together? It was a coworker who suggested it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago now. And it was a coworker, so I was quite fortunate in that the person that I was sitting next to in my corporate job, um, this is in New York, uh, had ADHD. And I think this is the challenge. Like it's everyone has their own path to figuring out that they have ADHD and some are easier than others. I feel like I was kind of guided through the process because my, my coworker um, thought that I might have it. And the reason he thought I had it was... Well, I guess we were sitting next to each other, but also I was just really struggling at work. I kind of got to a point in my career where things weren't as challenging. I'd kind of gone up the corporate ladder and the the excitement of going up the ladder and getting promoted and, and having different roles within an organization kind of just kind of flattened out a little bit. And I just got to a point where I was sitting there going, I just am having trouble doing the most basic things and you know, I've always kind of had trouble doing the, the most basic things, but it was just manageable up until that point. And then it just all of a sudden wasn't. And I was just chatting with him one light, one, one afternoon and he, he said, maybe you should look into that. And I started Googling as you do. And it's just one of those moments where you're like scrolling through all the articles and just nodding your head and saying, oh my gosh, this is exactly what is what I've been going through my whole life. And he, he recommended I speak with his psychiatrist. So that was a very easy introduction. I was really fortunate. He just said, go and see this guy, have a chat. And that's how it unfolded. <laughs> so it's, it sounds relatively easy versus other people I've, I've spoken with, but I think cause my friend was there and he could kind of talk to me about different medications and obviously consult with the psychiatrist as well, but just talk to me about, you know, different ways to manage it. And of course I did the ADHD thing and went down a rabbit hole myself and read every single thing I could possibly read about it and then came up with my own coping strategies as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, well, I think a lot of it has changed so dramatically, even just in the last few years, right? There's like the pre pandemic and post pandemic, diagnoses and in terms of just how the, the the structures just can't support the explosion of awareness and diagnoses that are happening right now. And so it's like, you know, either it was the pandemic and lockdown or TikTok, I think, has a lot to do with it and social media. But it's like there's such a huge demand now for diagnoses that we see these like years long waiting lists. And, and it's, you know, 
I think I think it was like 10 years ago, it was like, oh, it was probably just like crickets in his office. <laughs> the <psychiatrist laughs> just being like, oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Now, also, so what so what were some of those things when you were looking over? Because it's so I mean, it's something we talk a lot about, um, you know, how profound this diagnosis feels in adulthood and how you're just like, not only thinking like, oh, my God, this is ADHD and this is ADHD. Like, it really felt like I was just turning over one rock after another. And also realizing like, oh, this is not normal. Like, this isn't how everybody thinks. This isn't how everybody experiences the world. Like, that was so weird and profound, too, that idea of like, oh, I just thought this was how everybody moved through the world. Like, so there's something about this, this double recognition of like, oh, okay, there's a name for this. And also, um, wow, I was really struggling and and didn't realize it, right? Uh, what are some of the things that you looked back at, maybe in childhood or, or some of the things where you were like, oh, the signs were there all along, like traveling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's so many. I mean, yeah, the traveling the traveling one's a perfect example because who kind of just wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm just going to go to a country. I know nobody there and I don't have a job. But that was exciting because – that what it did was it gave me a lot of focus because it's sink or swim. Like you either make it or you don't. And I did not want to have to fly over there, tell all my friends and family, hey, I'm going to London and then have to come back because I couldn't find a job. So I was very, very determined, very, very focused. And I had a goal and I wanted to hit it. And that really, really helps with me to give me structure and focus, like just prioritize the things that are important. Everything else just falls away. So that, that was one example. And I think if I look back throughout my life, it's very, very like, it's never, it's never like this gentle curve of like growing up and progressing and buying a house and starting a family. It's not like a, it's not like a gentle progression for me. It's always kind of this massive spike, something big happens, like a big event, like moving uh, to a different country um, and then it kind of just goes down again and then something big happens, like starting my own business and then it goes down again. But I'm always having these sort of massive, if you look at it, if you think of a graph, like these massive spikes and peaks and troughs, that kind of thing. That's one aspect that's very obvious to me now. And I've kind of learned to go, to go with that now. And I, I think it's very hard for me. My biggest thing is like, try not to fight against it but try and go with it and I think it's the same with nature right like try not to go against mother nature like if you go with mother nature then it, it can make life a lot easier now that's easier said than done but you know I think for me even starting my own business that was something where I was I've just got to go with it because I like that kind of challenge and I, it means I don't have a boss it means I can work when I'm when I'm feeling it, when I'm interested and, and when I'm focused. And if I'm not, then I maybe take a break. But if you're in a corporate environment in someone else's structure, that's very hard to do. You can't just get up and go, hey, guys, I'm not feeling it today. I'm just going to go take a two-hour break. Like, you just cannot do that. Um, so there's one thing. I guess, you know, growing up, my, my probably earliest memory of it is when I was – and I don't know if this is my memory or someone just telling me this, right? You know how you have that thing when you're really young. Which is such an ADHD thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I must have been like four, I, I think maybe four or five years old. And there was this there was this instant where like I came home from school very upset or this was sort of preschool kind of age. And I, and my and my mom couldn't figure out like what was going on. And apparently I just did not want to go back to school. And every time she dropped me off at school, I would be like in hysterics. And she finally figured out, like another mother told her that something happened. And everybody, basically the teacher kind of called me out in front of the whole class. And keep in mind, this is when I was like four or five years old. So apparently everybody was playing in the, in, in the classroom. It was playtime. I was hyper-focused on something. I was playing with, some, I can't even remember what it was, but I was hyper-focused on something. And the teacher apparently said, okay, everyone, it's time to pack up. Everybody started packing up their toys. And I didn't hear her because I was too hyper-focused on this toy. And she kind of called me out and she said, okay, everybody, we need to wait for Marie to, you know, to pack up. Everybody's done. And everyone was looking at me and I sort of remember it 
sort of remember it through stories as well, but apparently had a really big impact on how I looked at school. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just one of those things. That was my, my first sort of hyper-focus memory. And then I think, you know, all through school, I had this problem, all through university, I had this problem where I really didn't want to do homework. And I had a lot of trouble sitting down to do homework. I'd always do things at the last minute. Uh, I did my master's thesis later in life. And I remember at the, at the time, like when it was due, I was so last minute that I think I wrote the whole thing in two weeks <laughs> and, uh, and I had the whole, mind you, I had the whole kind of year to do it. And at the last minute, I actually had to get my dad to drop me off so I could hand it in before a 5 p.m. deadline because if, if I had driven myself and had to find parking and had to walk from the parking to the university to drop it off, it would have been late. Like it's that down to the wire and, you know, it's that kind of thing where it's just everything's a little bit of a struggle and everything's a little bit last minute. You're either all in it working like a crazy person or you can't work at all. And right, yeah, yeah, it's really down to interest, though, isn't it? Because if you if you're interested in something, there's not a problem. But when you're not interested in something, and for me that was you know schoolwork and homework, then that was yes, it was always a, a massive challenge. Your story about school reminded me of my daughter when she was in preschool. She had a she had an accident. She pooped her pants and she was like old enough that she was well past the accident phase. And so I remember them calling me and saying like, oh, you have to bring a change of pants. And I was just horrified. You know, it was my first child. I was like, oh, my God, what what happened? And so eventually got out of her what happened. And so this preschool had this ridiculous rule where if you walked away from a toy, it was no, you couldn't like come back to it. It was free reign, like some other kid could play with that toy. And so she like was, she was like hyper-focused on this toy and didn't want to give it up. And she knew if she went to the bathroom, she would lose her rights to the toy. So she stayed with it and refused to go to the bathroom. And then it got to so, to this point. And so like she had this perfectly good explanation for why this happened. She was like, I was following the rules. And the rules said I wasn't allowed to like leave the toy. If I'd left the toy, I wouldn't be able to play with it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That's a stupid rule. <laughs> but, you know, it's those moments where it's like we don't think about how stupid the rules are. We're just so worried about following them. Um, and also getting back to the peaks and troughs too. Like, I think I certainly used to think I may be bipolar. And I think a lot of people question it or even are diagnosed with, with some form of bipolar prior to ADHD because of that pendulum, right? The intense manic energy that we find when we're interested in something. And then the other side, the troughs. And, you know, and, and I only thought, I only paid attention when I was in the trough, right? Like I only paid attention. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I can't get off the couch or I can't do this, or I can't do this. I'm such a terrible person. I never paid attention to all the businesses I was starting or all the things I was super excited about or all the things that like were, you know, I was having all that manic energy around. And, and I think that's, I feel like that's our experience is always to pay attention to the troughs, right? To what's not working and, and how we kind of develop this really negative um, self-concept around what we're quote unquote, terrible at because it's like, oh, I'm only thinking about uh, like you had given the example on one of the podcast episodes that you were interviewed in where you were talking about like, being really great and this wonderful employee, but you couldn't do your timesheets, right? Was it was it timesheets that you were having such a hard time with? And it was like, well, of course, you don't want to do timesheets. Timesheets are excruciating. Why would anyone do timesheets? Uh, but feeling like so much angst around the fact that you weren't able to do that. Well, my boss was real, and I couldn't understand why either. I was like, "This is so difficult for me. <laughs> All I need to do—it's not even—it's not a hard task, and that—that's the problem. It's not hard enough. It's just—it's not hard enough. It's not challenging enough. And you know, kind of going back to those peaks and troughs. When you're in a peak, and things are really exciting and really interesting, because they don't happen that often, you want to stay in that peak, and you want to avoid the troughs. So naturally don't want to do timesheets. There's all these other things that I could be doing that, that are so much more interesting and engaging, engaging my brain. So yeah, that was kind of a big thing for me. And everyone I worked with was like, you're behind, you're behind. And nobody likes hearing you're behind either. <laughs> that kind of makes it worse. So yeah. 
And talking about your, you know, life in these peaks and troughs too, I think, you know, one of the things I try to deconstruct a lot of the time with my clients is this emphasis on consistency, this emphasis on a smooth trajectory. And like, where do we get this idea that that is the goal? Like, why is consistency the goal? You know, and you think about like, well, in school, a lot of people with ADHD got good grades. But like, if you were like me, I would get like an A plus or a D and there was nothing in between based on whether or not I liked the class. And so then a teacher would say, well, oh, you know, they would only focus on the classes that you would do poorly. in." And you think about like scholarships, right? Scholarships are based on getting good grades across the board. So it's like consistency is built into our reward systems in our society. And so of course, we're going to think that we have to be good at all things. And so I'm always like, what, why is that important? <laughs> what does it, what does that serve? Yeah, that that's right. Like, I think a lot of it is, is a lot of the struggles are trying to fit in with society or what has been deemed like the rules or the right thing to do. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I had to get out of corporate and just be like, you know, well, I need to kind of set my own rules and my own structure and sort of create my own environment around me because I was just coming home every night feeling utterly exhausted, not because the work was hard or because it was too much work, but because I was spending a lot of mental energy trying to fit into a system that didn't suit me. And it took me a long time to realize that. I thought I was being overworked. I thought they were giving me too much work and I was sort of slightly resentful. How come I'm the one having to stay late every night to finish this work? But but now that I'm a little older, I look back and I, and I think, well, actually the workload wasn't that much. It, look, it was, there still was work, right? It was New York. It was very, very hustle bustle. Like everybody's, everybody is working longer hours, but at the same time, like I was working really long hours and I don't think I needed to. I think it was because sometimes during the day, I just was staring at my screen, <laughs> had a spreadsheet or something going, oh, it's not, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, 8, 8 p.m. at night, I'm like, I'm on a roll now and I can't stop because if I stop, I don't know when I'll get this back. And then the next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and you're still working. And then you think, well, I'm being overworked. But in reality, it probably was, it was a lot of work, but it was, you know, probably okay. It was just me and how I was managing it. And that's why I had to get out. <laughs> but um, yeah. So hopefully you have somebody else to do the timesheets now. <laughs> I don't do timesheets now. <laughs> I work with entrepreneurs who say that like starting the company is the fun part. That's the easy part. But running the company is the, is the agonizing part. So with the your current startup, because it wasn't your first, right? Llama Life? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't my first. Um, I've probably done, well, I've kind of lost count because, you know, what, what counts as a business? I've had so many different ideas that I've, I've sort of started, I've stopped. Uh, I, had, I had one a few years ago that was, it, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was freshly cooked food for dogs delivered to your door. And, you know, I, that is a business. There are other people doing that business and are quite successful at it. The challenge I had with that particular business was that, like, I don't like cooking. I don't like dealing with raw meat and food. And I love dogs. And that's kind of why I started it. But I don't like the cooking side and the, you know, the physical nature of it. There's a lot of, it was a very capital intense and physical business where you had to get your hands really dirty not figuratively speaking, but literally dirty. Like I was cooking the food, my hands were in the raw meat and I don't, I don't really like that. I don't really cook for myself either. So, so I don't know why I thought this was a good idea to start this business. So that was the reason I stopped it because I wasn't interested. And it was kind of almost like a light switch one day. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And th that is one challenge with ADHD when you don't want to do something, at least this is my experience it's, it's like a light switch. I'm like, boom, that's it. I'm done. And that can be very dangerous when you're trying to hold down a corporate job, because then you're suddenly in this situation where you're, you're, you're pushing uphill every single day. But because that was my own business, I could make a quick decision. And I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. 
I, I'm, every day is a struggle. I'm, I'm not doing that to myself anymore. And that's kind of how I ended up in my, my current business, which is Islama Life. Uh, it's more software-based. And I, I guess for a bit of context, Llama Life, it's a productivity app. Um, it's mainly on desktop, but it is 100% designed to help you focus. And there are a lot of uh, to-do list productivity apps out there today. It's a very crowded market, but Llama Life's not really a to-do list. It's not about making lists. It's not about adding to your list. It's about helping you work through a list. And the way we do that is every single feature is designed for dopamine. Every single feature is designed to help you focus on one task at a time. And this business is amazing for me. I feel like it's my life's purpose. Like I feel like this is what I'm here to do because there's so many things that make it perfect for me. One is this product is something I need for myself. So I'm very interested in this product and in productivity in general and what I can do to help myself get through my day. So that is never going to be not interesting for me. So that's one tick. The other tick for me was that, you know, I don't know, before when I did my startups, I was never the person, I was always like the business marketing product person. And this business, Llama Life, involves software. It's it's It involves coding, it involves programming, it involves designing how things look on the screen. And all of that's new for me. So when I get something new, I get super excited because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to explore. And it turns out that I really like programming. So... I kind of wish I had discovered this earlier in life, but I think it's also, it's never too late to switch careers. I've switched careers quite a few times now. And I think that I, I read somewhere the average stats is like people do switch careers. I'm talking like big career switch, maybe two or three times in their life. It's not as uncommon as it used to be. And so I, I taught myself to code and I'm still learning every day, but I sort of taught myself the basics about three years ago now. Llama Life is the first product I've built by myself, um, doing all the programming, doing all the design. I love design as well. And look, I still have struggles every day, but it's, it's definitely easier when it's your own business and you can say, well, okay, well, what's actually happening? I'm not, I'm not, not feeling it today. And my coworker is also very understanding uh, about it and kind of puts up with, <laughs> with a lot of my stuff, but um, yeah, that's, that was a very long answer. I can't even remember that. Well, the question was, is that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was either. Um, the Before I go on and on about how much I love Llama Life, which I will, believe me, because it's been incredible. Um, and I've only... I haven't been using it for very long, and I'm already seeing such differences uh, in how I work. And it's, it's really... It's checked so many boxes for me. Um, but I'm curious... So you taught yourself to code. Did you teach yourself to code because you had this vague idea of llama life and you wanted to create it yourself? Or did you just teach yourself to code and llama life kind of organically came out of it? A little bit of both. Um, so, so llama life is kind of based on this, this really old app called 3030. It doesn't exist anymore. It was, it's like super old. It, it was one of those apps that when the, when the app store first came out, I feel like it was around that era. And I used to use it and I loved it. And I'm not sure what happened exactly, but the developer, uh, it, it's gone now. It's been gone for several years. But the theme of that app is, is time boxing, which is just a fancy word to say, like, you know, put a time limit on your tasks, like decide what you're going to do, put a time limit on that, and then have a countdown timer. Don't, don't use a stopwatch because stopwatch is open-ended but actually say, I think this task will take me 10 minutes and start the timer and then focus purely on that task. And that is what Llama Life is about. You, you put timers against every single task. So you think up front, like, I think this is going to take me 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then you, the goal is not to do anything else during that time. And if 10 minutes or 15 minutes sounds hard, because believe me, that can be very hard. <laughs> and I know everybody listening is going to be like, yeah, I, I, you know, that can be a struggle sometimes. So you can set like a one minute timer or five minute, you don't, you can set whatever amount you want. And I think that's the difference between Llama Life. And there's a lot of 
other techniques out there called like Pomodoro technique, which is 25 minutes. I cannot do 25 minutes. It's way too long for me. But um, yeah, so that app 3030, it doesn't exist anymore, but that was the concept. And Llama Life was inspired by that. Um, it's a similar kind of concept, just in a slightly different form and a slightly different look. And we've got new features and we've built upon what they used to have. That was one reason. Part of it was, it was already in my mind that I liked this kind of app and I used to have this app, but it's now gone. So there's kind of this gap and I I would like to have it again. That was, that's always been there. The, the, the other reason was just, it, it was COVID, you know, everyone was learning a new skill. It was literally my, this is my COVID skill. Some people learn to cook. Some people, I don't know, they get into sport. You started a podcast. I was, I was like, this is my time. Let me just learn to code. And it's actually my third attempt learning to code. So I tried twice before by reading books, but I am such a bad reader. This has been my whole life. I am, I read a page and I'll have to read the same page like 10 times because I lost, my attention just got lost halfway down the page. And I have so many books on my Kindle (laughs) that are unfinished. I get super excited. I'll see a book and I'm like, that sounds like a great topic to learn. And they're usually nonfiction and I'll buy it and I'll start reading it and I'll, and then I'll lose it and I'll come back and I've probably tried to read each book like three times, but they're all unfinished. So that was the same with my coding books. Didn't happen. But this time I thought, well, why don't I try a different method? So I started watching YouTube videos and apparently like I learn really well by watching videos or listening to audio. Those two things are just gold for me. So, you know, talking about doubling down on, on, on sort of things that work for you and going with mother nature, I'm just like, I'm not reading anymore. I'm just going to watch videos on things that I'm interested about or topics that I want to learn about and, or, or listen to a podcast. The thing I love about podcasts is that you're kind of a, a little fly on the wall listening to someone's conversation and when, when people are expressing things in in um, spoken word, it, it can kind of be a little different. You kind of, you can hear a little bit more about the process sometimes. It just feels a bit more natural. So it holds my attention, both video and audio. So that's, that's how I learned to code. And still learning every day. But um, yeah, that's kind of when I started practicing what I was learning, that's how Llama Life came about. So it's all good to learn in a theory, but I thought, well, I better put it into practice. So why not build something that I have wanted that I've been missing? And I, I built a very basic version of Llama Life a few years back and I put it on Twitter and very, very quickly, somebody just said, what is this? Like, I want it. Where can I get this? And I had to say, well, it's just my little side project. I'm learning how to code and this is not a product. It's just me messing around with stuff. But I kept sharing my updates on Twitter about, you know, my progress and what I was doing. And it started to get a small following. And that's when I thought, well, maybe I should you know, make this into a, an actual product, make it public and make it into a product. And it, and it's kind of just grown from there, to be honest. Like just Twitter has been the, the driving engine for that growth because people have been following the journey and, and recommending it to their friends. And we have a very, we're not a big, we're not a big company by all means. We're very, very small, but um, it's got a strong following. I would say it's got a very, it's a small group of passionate users and we like to think of them, people as our little community, it's growing more. So we don't spend a lot of money on advertising. We just started to experiment with a few ads here and there, like um, sponsoring podcasts, but we don't, we don't do a lot of advertising. It's more word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you were talking about how, you know, how this, this route has really been so fascinating and, and interesting and st- keeping you interested in terms of this being like the your you know life's purpose feeling with this business as opposed to past ones it sounds like there's a real 
community, you know, the social, we're social creatures, right? And so this idea of like responding to the community and problem solving as a community and having consumer feedback and somebody saying like, oh, what about try this or this works for me or, or how come you can't do this? That was one of the things that I really respected about Llama Life immediately was like any question I had that came up as I was tinkering and using it, I would go to the website and it would be answered either in one of your videos or it was like already answered in the site. So there's such obviously so clearly this back and forth between users and how this uh, how the software is evolving. And so I'm like, yeah, of course, like that's such there's so much dopamine there <laughs> in terms of, you know, moving forward and coming up with new ways to solve problems. Yeah, the community is very, very vocal. And it's 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 so rewarding for me. And I think this is kind of my dopamine cycle too, where, you know, if I if I create something, if I make something and it helps somebody else and they write to me and say, oh my gosh, like we actually get a lot of emails. And um, this is something that's very different between this startup and my previous one is just the, like you said, the, the community and the interactivity. Because in my previous previous businesses we wouldn't get any emails or we'd get very few and there'd be more support emails like oh this is not working whereas with llama life we get people just emailing to say oh my gosh i've been looking for a product like this like oh you you changed my life like and i'm not exaggerating we get emails with people saying you've actually changed my life i actually managed to get my work done today and it's not going to work for everybody in the same way like i'm not under any illusion that this is a magic magic pill um people still need to put in the work themselves but we we see it for what it is it, it's a tool and a tool's meant to be used but we what what we can do is try to build the best possible tool for people but but people still need to put in some of that work themselves so that said it's very very rewarding to get these emails and you know, like, like you said, we do ask people for feedback as well. Like, what can we do to make things easier for you? Like what, as you're, as you're using it, is there something missing? Like what, what are your struggles? And I'm not exaggerating. We get essays back. Sometimes I open my emails and this is, this is a little bit hard for me because sometimes I open my emails and if there's a big wall of text, I will read it, but then I'll close it and, and I'll like, I'll, I'll reply to that later, but that can be a problem because it can build up. Um, so I'm a little bit behind on my emails right now. So if 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 you've emailed me about Llama Life and I haven't replied, that's that's why. <laughs> it, I, I really re I really respect that people take the time to to write so much, but it is it is slightly overwhelming for me too. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that's one of the things when you talk about it being life changing. One of the things that Llama Life does so well is it gets you to time block, as you called it, right? Which is like, there's things that I tend to say, maybe not now, not now, not now, because it feels a little too complicated, you know, and then if I don't store it somewhere safe, I forget about it, right? And so I have to like, I have like a folder that's like needs response, needs response, and then the needs response folder is too big. And then I'm like, Oh, not today. So it's like all these ways in which we sort of easily get overwhelmed. But one of the things I love about the time blocking is, is that a response to that email is probably going to take me less than five minutes, but I get so overwhelmed. And so five minutes is like the over under for me where I'm like, if something feels too much, I'll give myself five minutes and just be like, we'll do it. And if it takes longer, you probably have momentum and you'll keep going, which is the overtime part that I also love about the time blocking. But then most time, the majority of the time, it really only took me five minutes or even less than that. And so that's what I love. It's like, it's not recreating my to-do list. My to-do list is already there. It's just organizing it in a way where I can actually say like, okay, give yourself five minutes, five minutes, five minutes to do this. And then it helps me because we're so, I'm so time blind that it's, I'll be like, oh no, that actually took longer than way longer than five minutes. Note to self next time, <laughs> leave yourself 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. So it's just been so helpful to just like catalog some of these things that I tend to put off. And so I'm like, you know, when it comes to productivity, I don't feel like I'm necessarily like, oh my God, I'm hacking my ADHD and I'm, my, I'm so much more productive during the day, but I just feel like it mimics it almost, okay, okay, this is crazy. I, I did not plan to say this, but I kind of feel like the time blocking mimics what I liked about medication, which was this idea of just like 
putting your head down and tunneling through and doing one thing after another and like staying on task, which is one of the things I liked about medication. But for me, I'm not on medication anymore, because there were so many other side effects. I think you talked about this. And too, right, like, I just felt very, I had a lot of irritation and and I was very agitated all the time. And so I'm not on any kind of medication beyond just caffeine. But like, I find that there's something about that time blocking method that keeps me on task, like literally nothing else I've ever tried. And I'm, it blows me away thinking about what it is. Like, it's so simple and it's so, it's so, it's already immediately instantly integrated into the systems I already have. Like I haven't had to create anything new. It just is, it's just there. It's like a little, it's like a little coach in the corner of my, my computer screen. (laughs) I think. I think you nailed it. Like that's exactly how I think about it too. It's um it's a very simple concept, but for some reason it's almost like you're giving yourself permission to focus on this one thing because you've set a timer and you've you've kind of said, "Well, there's nothing else I'm going to do in this time. All you have to do is this one task and you just need to do it for even like 1 minute to kind of you know, get that momentum or five minutes and Llama Life will will help you set those timers very quickly because nobody wants any friction, right? You don't want it to be a chore. So it's designed to be able to set these timers up quickly. And it's also designed to, to look fun because, you know, no one wants something that's super boring, right? So speed, ease of use, speed, and also fun I like these things I'm thinking about all the time so when you complete a a task you get confetti as well so like it's like a celebration and I don't care if it's a one minute task or a five minute let's celebrate that because you know that's a win you're moving forward and yeah I I think it's it's really weird because when I started using time boxing I had the same sort of reaction as you for some reason I felt kind of calm and I felt like I had created space for myself to do this task and or, or do a portion of the task you don't have to do the whole thing but just maybe break your task down into like little chunks and just say I'm going to time box the first part of that and then I get a bit more momentum have you ever heard of this this productivity method called eat the frog yeah which never made any sense to me I don't like it I'm definitely an, and, and I never heard the term eat the cake until I saw it on Lava Life and I was like that's me Oh, I love it. Because I always talked about it. I was like, eat the frog does not work for me. I have to get rid of all the gnats first. And so once I clear out all the gnats that are flying around, then I can do the frog. And so that was one of those things that I'd heard of. And I was like, nope, doesn't work for me. And then I saw eat the cake. And I was like, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we kind of came up with that recently. I mean, we're not the first people to come up with that eat the the method but I think the name eat the cake, I hadn't seen that before. But basically eat the frog is, you know, trying to take the the most difficult challenging thing of your day and do it first do it in the morning like eat that hard disgusting thing first eat the vegetables first right yeah yeah and there's, there's no way oh that's so funny you said that i just realized that that's probably why i never eat my veggies <laughs> you first. leave them till the end <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah i eat all my chips first like i'd eat all the all the delicious things but <laughs> eat the frog doesn't work for me what ends up happening if i try and eat the frog and do the hardest thing first is that nothing else gets done because I'm constantly worrying the whole day or procrastinating the whole day to do this hard thing. So now what I'm trying to do, and you can you can use Llama Life to help you do this. We actually have a, a little template that you can just load to eat the cake. And for me, eat the cake means like find the thing that you're you want to do, like something interesting, and do that first and build up some momentum in terms of getting a few tasks like crossed off your list. And then once you do that, it might be easier to transition into doing the harder thing because you already, you already feel like you've got a few wins under your belt. It's kind of starting the day right. Like, you know how people say when you wake up in the morning, make your bed. And part of the reason they say make your bed is because it means you've accomplished something. You've got something in order. You've, you've done something straight away and that gives you a bit of momentum you feel a little bit calmer because that thing that was all messy, your bed, like all the sheets, like you've made that nice and you've done that thing. Now go do the next thing. And that's kind of a bit like what eat the cake is for me as well. It's like, just get a few wins under your belt. And the easiest way to get a few wins is to do the things that you want to do, but 
but put a time limit on it. And that's why Llama Life's important. Put a time limit on it because we both know you can get hyper-focused on the things that you really like doing and then you don't do anything else. So th- there is one feature in Llama Life that is called Chimes. And what it does is, like you can still have your 10-minute timer, but within that you can play a little chime every now and again, like maybe every couple of minutes or every five minutes, just to remind you, like don't get too sucked into that task because you have other things to do as well. So these are all, this has all come out of my own need. Like if I need this feature, I'll put it in because it could help someone else. That's funny because one of the, I love the chime aspect too, because, you know, I have a tendency to say, okay, I'm going to do 20 minutes of focused work. And then five minutes into this focused work, it'll occur to me that I have to go to Amazon and buy something right away. And I want to do it before I forget. And so I'm like, I get distracted. And the chime is like, hey, remember, you were supposed to be doing that focused work. And it's like this friendly little chime. That, and so either I've wandered off and I go back to the task, the chime reminds me to go back to the task, or I'm still on task. And then I'm like, look at me, I'm still on task. <laughs> like, either way, it's I find the chime one of the most helpful features too. And again, like ridiculously simple, but it's just this like sweet little reminder of like, hey, remember what you were supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's such a great one. And you know, it's funny, the um, speaking of the template, so you had mentioned the templates of the eat the cake and eat the frog. The other thing um, with the templates is like I structure my days of the week very differently, right? So I'm like, Monday is my administrative day. Monday is when I respond to emails. That's when I do all those things. And then Tuesday, I'm in school. So I Tuesday is my study day. So it's like I my days have to be very rigidly different. Otherwise, they bleed into each other. And you have these templates that are like, exactly how you would structure a day like that. And then I've created my own. So I'm like, I have a Monday template and a Tuesday template. And like, I've been able to create like what I typically do in each of those days. So I can, I don't have to constantly repeat it. So I just go back and like, that one thing that was really mind blowing to me was the studying template which is so simple. It's basically like there's a study session template and it just says, it's just like very simply suggests like spend 25 minutes reading your notes, then take a break, then spend, you know, 15 minutes like writing stuff. And I was like, it it speaks to how quickly and easily we can get overwhelmed by what steps, you know, and this is all executive dysfunction. Like we get so overwhelmed by what step to take next and I don't know. And so then I'm just gonna free flow and wander. And so these templates really just give a guideline of like, these are the things you wanted to accomplish. So let's put them in some sort of order, right? And then there's one for like house cleaning, which I think is so great, right? Cause it's like, this isn't just about productivity and work. There's one that's like, okay, you know, five minutes on this area of the house and then take a break. And like, it's, I don't know. I just, I found it like, it just felt like I was like being taken care of in, in a way that, you know, I, I don't say that a lot about productivity apps. <laughs> yeah. The, the house cleaning one's interesting. That actually came from somebody in the community so, so Llama Life was, well, originally it was just meant, it's meant to be like a work tool. You know, you, you use it to get through your work day, but pe- people started posting their sort of their lists and, and how they were using it on Twitter. And quite a few people were posting these household chores, like cleaning the house or someone said, um, I've got a dinner party coming up and my house is a mess. Obviously, like I only do my cleaning just before people come. Um, and she had made a list of the stuff that she needed to do in the next hour because her guests were coming in the next hour. So it started, we started realizing that there's many different uses for this tool. And I think those, the templates, these, we call them sort of preset lists that you can make in advance. We discovered they're really, really powerful because they're super flexible in terms of how you can use them. But people needed some ideas and inspiration because when you have a blank slate, like you're told there's this template feature or this preset feature, you can put whatever you want in there. That in itself could be overwhelming. So we thought, well, let's put some examples and you can start with these examples. Obviously you can just, you can tweak them as well, but it really shows how you can break down something and, you know, don't forget to do these tiny things and the tiny things also take time. So you, factor that into your day 
And this is another thing Llama Life will do is when you have a list and you have timers against everything in the list, it'll tell you your whole list is going to take five hours or whatever. It will just add it all up, right? And I'm always, I'm always blown away by this. I'm like, you try and do too many things. Like there's your day has like 12 hours worth of stuff or, or whatever it is. And it'll tell you, you have this much, this much time you have put on your list, like 12 hours. And it will say your finishing time for the day is going to be like 11 PM at night. And those two, those two little metrics, I guess you could call them. They're very helpful for me because I just tend to try and do too much. So I can often look at it and say, well, you're not going to get that done. Maybe be more realistic about what you want to do. Otherwise you're going to go to bed at 11. And, um, yeah, so the, the templates, I'm pretty excited about them. That's something that's quite new, uh, that we just, we only just put them out a couple of weeks ago, but we've had a good response so far people saying similar things to you and that it's given them all these ideas on what they can do themselves. And yeah, the flexibility of the tool, it kind of help. it helps it and hurts it at the same time. Cause we're trying to find that balance because people just don't know what to do. And that's why, that's why we've got the templates. Mm, the sometimes there's too much freedom. Yeah. Like you were saying with the blank slate. Yeah. Um, well, I just, I think one of the things that you know, I've tried so many different productivity tools where it's like I spend all this time setting myself up and getting everything in order and being super excited and getting it way too complicated for myself. And then I do it for one day and then I either forget it exists or I've made it too complicated. And this is just like, I don't know, this is, it's just, is so perfectly flexible um, and, and simple and lovely and kudos for creating this out of your wonderful, brilliant ADHD brain. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Loop Earplugs. Loop Earplugs are my ultimate companion to a calmer and more focused life. If you're also an adult with ADHD, autism, or sensory issues, rest assured Loop Earplugs are designed with us in mind. Whether you're at your favorite coffee shop or in your office cubicle or simply at home with your kids, with their advanced noise reduction technology, Loop Earplugs gently lower the volume without blocking out the world completely. They're made from soft, hypoallergenic materials that are comfortable for extended wear. They fit snugly in your ears, ensuring you can wear them discreetly throughout the day. Plus, they come with a sleek carrying case, making them convenient to take with you wherever you go. Now that I'm in grad school, I love to use the Engage Plus loops whenever I'm walking around campus. They're specifically designed to reduce the level of sound entering my ear without completely blocking out all noise. My teenager loves her quiet loops for studying, and my son loves his Engage Kids loops for for short intervals like riding the school bus or taking tests at school. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get 10% off your order when you visit loopearplugs.com slash women ADHD. That's loopearplugs.com slash women ADHD. And you can find that link in the episode show notes. Your life, your volume. I always ask that question, like, what do you love most about your ADHD? I feel like we've covered so much of it. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, I would say just curiosity because it, I, 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 you know, there's, there's a, there's a good side and a bad side to this too. Obviously you can go down a lot of rabbit holes, but I think curiosity is, is a, is a really nice part of it because I'm, you know, when I find something I'm interested in, I will go at it. And that means I have a lot of random useless, like bits of knowledge, but I think that makes people more, um, I don't know what the word is, like just, just interesting or three-dimensional or just you, you've got varied interests or you're interested in a lot of things. So I like that part of it. Obviously you have to kind of focus that interest as well, but I think it's good to be curious. Right. Yeah. I mean, I thought about that when you were talking about reading and I had a similar epiphany where I was like, I have this whole, you know, pile of books on my bedside table that I'm never going to read. And I'm feeling all this shame about because I want to read them desperately. And then I was like, why do I have such a resistance to audiobooks? Like I read audiobooks at, um, at one and a half speed. So I was getting, I plow through like two or three a week. And I'm just like, this is, I love, like, we're such insatiable learners, right? And I'm like, I can't believe I ever spent any time chastising myself for not reading books when I'm able to absorb at such a faster rate <laughs> with other methods, right? It's just finding what finding what works for you. Yeah. And and do you know the other thing about podcasts is that sometimes when I'm in a funk, when I say when I'm in a funk, I mean like my brain is just 
like it's just gone foggy, right? It's sort of, you know, you get into that fog, that ADHD kind of fog. Sometimes when I'm in that state, if I put a podcast on, I, it snaps me out of it. And, and it's not even the same topic. You know, it's just something, I, I'm just looking for anything, something, anything that's, that's interesting. And it sort of wakes my, wakes my brain up again. And then I go back to my work. That's brilliant. I've never thought about that, but it's true, right? It's like if I can get, if I can get excited about something conceptually, <laughs> it does. It kind of gets you back into that like itchy, itchy, excited phase. Yeah, yeah. So I try and go for. A, I mean, it's, it's really the, the the challenge I have is like making myself do these things. But I know what I know what works for me. I have to go for a walk and I have to put a podcast on that will wake up my brain again. And then I can try and get back to whatever I was doing. The The biggest challenge is making yourself do that. But but at least I know what I know how to get out of that. And it doesn't work every time. But in general, that's that has worked for me. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I'm very grateful for my dog for. I, I go for like a power walk in the morning with my husband. We do like and we don't bring the dog because she's too freaking slow. So we go for like our own dog. We go for our own walk in the morning to kind of wake ourselves up. And then in the afternoon when I'm hitting that like I want to take a nap slump, that's when I take her for a walk <laughs> because then I listen to a podcast and I've you know got a reason to go out and I have to take her. I can't not. So I'm like we've I've made this contract with my poor long suffering dog even though she looks so sad when we go out without her in the morning like i'm like i have an excuse to do that other walk that i might not want to necessarily always want to do i also like to ask the question about renaming adhd because so many of us feel like it's such a ridiculous name for our experience is that would you would you call it something else if you could yes yeah, so you kind of stumped me with this question i was reading it last night and i was like i don't know and but I definitely think it's – we know ADHD is kind of – I think it's the wrong name because it's not like I don't have attention. I don't have a deficit of attention. I do have attention when I want – when something's interesting. I have too much attention when something's interesting. So I was kind of thinking like maybe like it's something to do with dopamine. Like it's maybe like a dopamine deficit because I do feel like the fact that dopamine is a little lower – it makes me grab on to the thing. Like it, that's what makes my attention wander is like, I'm not getting dopamine from a particular topic or thing I'm doing. So I'm going to go search for it somewhere else. And that's why when something's interesting, I don't want to let it go. So I, I'm, I would rename it to something to do with dopamine, you know, maybe like a, a, a dopamine, dopamine deficiency deficit, deficit or something like that. But right. I, I don't know. Well, if we could come up with a good A name, we could just call it, keep calling it ADD and just say like all day dopamine deficiency or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I like yeah. that. No, it's the same. I can't come up with a name either. So that's why I ask everybody else. I guess we're stuck with ADHD. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is, it is, it is sad though, because it is so misunderstood because it's got the, um, especially for women too the hyperactivity part like I'm not hyperactive ex well maybe slightly sometimes but my hyperactivity is more in my mind like it's in my brain um that that's where the hyperactivity is happening and that's why I, I mean I'm not a doctor or a psychiatrist but that's why I think my brain I get foggy I feel like that's when my brain's too hyper and then it's just it can't process stuff so it's just like okay I'm zoning out because there's too much stuff happening I'm just going to ignore it all and go crazy on the thinking about stuff, but just my brain's just like flatline. <laughs> and um, yeah, so my hyperactivity is all mostly, it's mostly internal, which I think is why I got the late, di late diagnosis because it just got missed. I think a lot of us with internalized hyperactivity don't realize that's not how everybody experiences the world, right? And so I think that even the term internalized hyperactivity, I was I didn't relate to that because I was just like, you mean this isn't everybody's experience? Everybody doesn't have three songs going in their head and, you know, is has like all of that paralysis that comes from the internalized hyperactivity. So like, I think we much, I much more, before I even knew anything about ADHD, I, I related to those questions like, 
I can't get off the couch, even though I have all this stuff to do. What's wrong with me? Like those things, right? The, the, those are the things I would relate to more than, uh, you know, do you have dysregulation? I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So it's hard. It's so hard to come up with a clinical term that anybody would relate to in terms of what our experience is. Mm -hmm. That's why I think community is so important for ADHD. Like it's really important to surround yourself with people that understand what you're going through. And as, as much, you know, with family and friends, even if they might have the best intentions, they might not fully understand it. And I've got a friend who went to an ADHD conference recently, and he said it was, you know, the conference itself was, was kind of boring, but he said it was so nice to be around other people with ADHD because he felt like everyone just got him you know, and no one had to explain stuff because everybody was the same. And he said it was just a really weird feeling that I come with my people kind of thing. And everyone, this is the the norm. Whereas I think we're often, you know, sort of outside of that sometimes. And yeah, he just said it was a very, um, very weird feeling, but, but nice. I know, right? I always say it's like unbuttoning a too tight pair of pants. <laughs> That's what it feels like when I'm talking to somebody with ADHD, because it's just like, ah, like, it's so comfortable. And it's just like, you didn't realize how tight the pants were until you unbutton them. And you're like, ah, um, you're, <laughs> you were like, what are you talking about? Right? Maybe I need to rephrase that. Changing into some sweatpants, you know, right? Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, okay, what is the website? I'm obviously going to have it in the episode show notes, but how can people find more about Llama Life? Try it out. You have a free trial. You actually have a free version of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a free trial for seven days where where you get access to all all the features, and then after that, there's a there's a free plan and there's a paid plan. Um, but it's 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 really tricky though because the the challenge is that when you're not on the paid plan, you don't get like all the features. And I feel like at least my, my philosophy is that everybody's different. So that's why we try and put all these, we put in a variety of different tools and features into the product because some days you might need something and other days you might need something else. But yeah, the, the, the tricky thing for us is like, what do we put in a free plan versus a paid? And if you, if you're on a free plan, you're not really getting the whole experience. And Anyway, that's just a business thing. That's just the side, like trying to figure that stuff out. Because, like I said, we're still very, we're still very new, and you know, we're kind of learning as we go. But yes, there is a free trial, and then there's a free plan, and there's a pay plan if you want some extra features. Well, yeah. See, get addicted to the templates like I did, and then and well, and you know, the paid plan is very reasonable. I mean, this is like a few dollars a month. We're not talking about a ridiculous investment. So, I mean. It's it, one of the more reasonable software, you know, if, for what you get versus the price, it's unbelievable. Um, so I will say that like, it's, uh, I don't, I don't think it's too much to ask on, at all. Uh, and so, you know, get people addicted to the presets because I know the presets, <laughs> the templates are in yeah. the paid version. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, so it's, also it's colors, colors are oh. in the paid version. Oh my gosh. I am, I, that's, that's probably what my, one of my favorite features. You can just press the button C on your keyboard, C for color, and there's a button in the app as well. But if you just hit C, the letter C, the whole list gets colored. That for me is like dopamine. <laughs> I just like love it every time. But um, yeah, sorry, I am I am digressing. <laughs> no, I haven't played with that one. I'll, I'll have to play with that this week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hit that button. It's and you can obviously change colors on each task, but if you hit C, you just get like a rainbow effect straight away. And that's probably one of my favorite things. <laughs> that was one of those things where I was like, you know what? I just want this because I like it. And I didn't think it would have that much of an impact, but I put it on Twitter as I'm doing all the time. And somebody else said to me, I didn't think, I thought this was going to be like some useless feature, but I love it. <laughs> great um yeah so we kind of underestimated the effect of colors but um yeah awesome oh i'll have to play with it then um it's fantastic so kudos to you for coming up with this and also being able to create this community too for for other people who are obviously really really affected by this system so it's llamalife.co right yes 
yes, llamalife.co. And you can also find me on Twitter if you want like the, you know, the behind the scenes on or how we're trying to figure out building this product um, or any feedback. I'm at three hour coffee on Twitter. That's spelled out three hour coffee. And that's a funny story as well. So it's three hour coffee because I am very sensitive to coffee, but I need coffee because that's kind of how I'm self medicating at the moment. I have the same experience with medication in that I, I tried it. It does work for me, but I have very bad side effects. So I stopped using medication and I just drink coffee. But if I drink too much coffee, I will be sick. So it takes me three hours to drink a coffee. Actually, I'm just, we've been talking for an hour. I've just been sipping. I've got about a third left. Yeah, that's, that's about, about right. I just sip my coffee. That's why I'm three hour coffee on Twitter. I love it. Well, that's why mug warmers are like the greatest thing that ever was invented because I'm the same way. Both my coffee and my tea, I'm like, takes forever. That's funny. I always thought it was just that I forget about it, but no, I have, I get very sensitive to caffeine after, and I, if it was up to me, I would drink it all day long. But yeah, that's funny. Okay. Also, I'll put that in the show notes too. Well, Marie, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I really, um, I loved hearing your perspective and, and a little bit more about your story. And yeah, it's awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Women and ADHD podcast. Also, you know, we ADHDers crave feedback, and I would really appreciate hearing from you, the listener. If you're a fan of the podcast, please take a moment to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Audible. And if that feels like too much and I get it, then just take a few seconds right now to give me a five-star rating. Or share this episode on your own social media to help reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this gift of neurodivergency. And they may still be struggling and don't even know why. And if you'd like to find out more about me and my one-on-one coaching for women with ADHD, head over to womenandadhd.com coaching. And you can always find that link in the show notes. I'll see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who discovered that she is not lazy or crazy or broken, but she has ADHD and she is now on the path to understanding her neurodiversity and finally using this gift to her advantage. Take care till then. Okay, before we get started with today's episode, have you heard the awesome news? Llama Life now has an iOS app so you can take it with you wherever you go. I have been using Llama Life consistently on my computer for a year now. A year. That's unprecedented. That's like a lifetime in ADHD terms. And now with the new iOS app, I'm able to seamlessly transition between my computer and my iPhone so that my favorite little productivity coach is with me whenever I need it. So what is so special about Llama Life? Well, for starters, it's not a fancy new calendar or planner or complicated productivity management system. It's a time boxing, single tasking program that easily integrates with your already existing organizational systems. If you're like me and you struggle with time blindness or maintaining focus throughout your day, then this is the app for you. I love Llama Life because it's simple, effective, and beautifully designed. And dare I say, it makes even the most mundane chore more fun and colorful. If you want to check out the iOS app for yourself, head to the App Store for a free trial and start enjoying that Llama Life for yourself. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.